I'd like to start by introducing myself. Uh, it's very customary to do so when two strangers are put on a conference call together. So, yeah. The name's that's... Hunt. Oh. Ethan. Mm. Hunt. Mm. No, that's no. the wrong music. No. Yeah. I miss it. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. The Mission Impossible song is is like, you know, it's next level. Mm-hmm. Compared to like, you know, Baby Shark and shit like that. But <laughs> but I do miss the 007. I miss the 007 theme. Not only at like the beginning sure. of a 007 movie, but when like all of a sudden like the car chase really takes mm-hmm. off and it's like it comes in yeah. and you're just like this I I don't know how. I don't know how, but a piece of music has just made this car chase feel sexy. And mm-hmm. I I don't know what it is, but I'm suddenly slightly turned on by this car scene. And and it's mostly probably because 007 has slipped something into my drink. Um, but <laughs> looking at I, you, Sean Connery. <laughs> I hear what you're saying, and I get it. I think I just can't put an endorsement behind I Miss 007 in that we reviewed the first Mission Impossible, and I think my impression was maybe this is the low and the highs will come. With 007... There were, we knew that there were some highs coming, but the lows were incredibly low. It was the Grand Canyon of lows. Like, pit of the core of the earth lows. The Marianas Trench. Yeah. So, Roger (laughs) Mooreism. So, with Mission Impossible, like, if I've seen the lowest of the low in number one, and not that it was a bad movie, I just think they're just going to get better. I like that. I can live with that low. I can, I am much happier where i am so yeah hello and welcome welcome to the movie men podcast i am peter and my co-host is brady and uh, after systematically reviewing the uh 007 series a long time ago we thought hey let's just do a rinse cycle repeat but with mission impossible and boy does it make sense it yeah, really let's does. see if anybody namely tom cruise can be worse than roger moore <laughs> 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 the answer is it's impossible to be seen yeah yeah, yeah. um yeah so we're on to mi2 and much is that like, what it's referred to like it's not referred to know. mission impossible I, 2 i think mi2 seems to be i know that mission impossible 3 is mi3 oh okay like just <laughs> simply looking at well i don't know so here's the thing if you look it up like the official title of the film is Mission Impossible 2. Sure. If you look at the logos of the film, like what it says on the movie poster, it's MI2. MI-2. Sure. And then Mission Impossible 3. Mm. And then after that, they stop numbering them, right? Yeah, that's where it gets they confusing to me. because it's titled like, things. It's like yeah, it's Ghost like Protocol. Ghost Protocol, blah, blah, blah. And Fallout. Right. And then what yeah. are the new, like, Dead Reckoning Part oh, 1 and 2? Maybe. I have no and, idea. And and New Dawn and whatever. <laughs> new Hope. Resurrections? Is that a Mission Impossible? No. Mm. Ooh, interesting. Mission Impossible Fallout in other, in, like, maybe oh. Asian markets or something was called interesting. Resurrections. Anyways. Hmm. Uh, so much like our 007 series, we don't trust ourselves to give accurate scores. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so what we have done is taken our um, taken our our ranking list from the 007 series, which was if you weren't a part of the 007 series, uh, both what the hell's wrong with you and <laughs> way to go keep it that way. Um, <laughs> we had eight categories, eight categories. We gave a number between zero and ten for each category and then when all was said and done we took those eight numbers we averaged them mm-hmm. using some of that grade nine math and um and then that left us with our score out of 10 for that film now our categories are plot fairly straightforward is the story and was it interesting and and easy to follow i think is is certainly a part of that 
Um, second off, we have Tom Cruise's performance. Um, so just, you know, which replaced portrayal of Bond. This category was a little bit of a stretch because with portrayal of Bond, you had a very established character with different performers inhabiting the role. Um, this time around, yeah, Tom Cruise performance, which is just kind of like, did we enjoy Tom Cruise in this film? Right? <laughs> How was his acting, essentially? Right. Did we like the character of Ethan Hunt this time around? Right. Um, then we have the villain. Self-explanatory. Hmm. We have gadgets, the use and implementation and and excitement of, of the gadgets we get. <laughs> Does it scratch that itch that I, I ever have for, for use of gadgets? We have fights in action. Self-explanatory. Hmm. Uh, the romantic interest, supporting characters. And then the other one that was a little bit of a weird um, stretch for us was with 007, we had the Bond song. Right, mm. so for each 007 film, you had a different, well-known artist. It almost became like, in some ways, the song became a character itself. Like it, it was just so as much as like, what is the new 007 film called, or who's going to be the new 007? It was who's going to perform, who gets to do the James Bond song for this mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. Um, we've replaced that with intro sequence. So with these films. At least so far, there's sort of that opening scene that kind of like maybe sets up the story, maybe doesn't, um, but certainly sort of sets the tone. And then you get, you know, the fuse fizzing and and whatever it is. And then the the 007, then the Mission Impossible theme that we've all come to know and love plays. Uh, So those are our eight categories. Um, Do you have your score handy from the first one? Uh, the overall score was a six. Yeah. The overall yeah. score for you for the first one was a six. Mine was a 7.25, so I enjoyed it a little mm. bit more than you. Um, but I just, I don't know, I, I wanted to I wanted to restate those overall scores because I, it would be interesting to compare, you know, are we on par? Is it a step up? Or are we sitting there scratching our heads going, okay, what the hell happened? Because that was so much worse. So, <laughs> cool. All right. So, without further ado, are you ready to just jump in and do this? I'm assuming you have no trivia. Not really. Of note, I did find out this was the highest grossing film in the series until Ghost Protocol. And I thought that was interesting. Right. I also found out that um, Tom Cruise was almost replaced in, <laughs> um, in this one. But for time time restrictions and like contractual ob- obligations, uh, Nick Cage wasn't able to do it, so they <laughs> they stuck so, with them. I did read Tom online Cruise. that Tom Cruise offered or wanted uh, the director's gig given to John Woo after he after he Tom Cruise saw Face Off. Ironically, coincidentally, wow. <laughs> and if if you don't know what Brady and I think. About uh, Face Off, check out episode 250 with Carl as well. And uh, we, we're pretty honest about it. Yeah, it's uh, it's a flaming piece of shit. It's, uh, <laughs> it's kind of where that went. Okay, so let's let's kick into it. So our first yep. category yep. is plot. Sure. I gave this a six. Okay, yeah. Um, it was a step towards, which is is a step down. I think I gave it a seven last time around. Um, it's a step towards being slightly more original. Um, so the plot from the first one being that, uh, we have a list and the secret identity of all the secret agents in our organization is on that list. And the bad guys have the list and you know, whatever, which has been done in at least 17 007 films. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, and so many other espionage esque movies. Mm. Um, so this whole the thing with the virus was a step. I would feel I I would say a step towards being slightly more original. However, I would say this was like a baby step um, mm. because if I were to say to you, "Hey, we got this movie about a spy." And, or if I said, hey, name the movie about the spy where the bad guys have a virus and they're going to release it. 
again, this is like 47. Like, we're not, we're not treading <laughs> any new ground here. No. Right? We're not, we're not carving a path. Um, mm. So why did I, if it's a step towards being more original, why did I give it a lower score? I think ultimately, at times, it was a little harder to follow. Yeah, I, I can mirror that. Then the first one, like, who has it and what are the motivations and and why are things happening the way they're happening? Mm-hmm. Um, it just kind of at times, like, I found myself more often than not playing a little bit of catch up. And, and ultimately, I just didn't find it as interesting and as gripping mm-hmm. as all these people are going to die, right? Like I get, I get that the, the ultimate outcome of this was that people were going to die and probably much more than would have died because of, of that list in the first one. Um, but I don't know. It just, it felt, it was less personal, right? Like in the first one, Ethan Hunt is personally invested and he becomes personally invested this time around, but not until much later in the game mm-hmm. um, when his his love interest is infected with the virus. And up until that point, it was just kind of like a soldier doing his duty. Um, and so, yeah, it just didn't, it didn't, the, the story this time around didn't hit the same way that it did in the first one. So I'm, I'm sitting at a six. Okay. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I'd mirror a lot what you say, not just because I gave it the same score. I, I gave it a six as well. Um, but there was that issue of like me taking a bit of a while to uh, understand what exactly was going on, what's at stake, who's wanting what, and even just like the virus kind of understanding what's going on. You know, there were times where I was going, okay, you know, if the sat on the plane together in the opening sequence wouldn't that mean our villain is contaminated but obviously it's more of a bloodborne virus i guess and it's not a not a airborne virus i'm not sure but uh eventually i was able to follow it to a point it didn't rank that well for me because i just felt too much of it a significant portion of the plot could be labeled literally quote unquote sending female lead character in an objectified live bait fashion and you know like i just felt that was pretty i don't know kind of weak uh from a story perspective from like allowing a character to achieve greatness in their role perspective so i that kind of hurt it for me and the last thing i'd say that hurt it for me is just and this might relate more to the romantic interest with ethan and and uh and his romantic interest later but i do feel like some elements of this movie I wondered if the creative team was maybe just really kind of still feel around what their tone was. I feel like maybe they just didn't quite figure out what worked yet because I feel like some things from a tone perspective were quite different in the first one. And then they were quite different in this one. Like in this one, Ethan felt a little bit more James Bondy where he's like very chill, very, you know, Hey, I met this woman. I'm going to sleep with her now versus in the first one where he's, not to a fault, but he's just a little bit more uptight, a little bit more focused, a little bit more, I need to do what I can to, you know, save the mission or not let anyone else die. So I just felt like some tones were different in this one. And I'm curious to see if that'll just fluctuate with every movie because there's a different director or if there gets to be a bit more of a set tone as we go on in the show where, where there's more episodes. But I gave it a six out of 10. Not bad, but not great. All right. Um, fair enough. So moving on to the Tom Cruise performance. I gave this a four. Oh, wow. And the okay. first time around, I think it was like a seven or something. Also. Yeah. Um, not really impacting the score, but also worth getting out of the way. The long hair look did not work for me. Right? That always, I always had to like take two looks at him. I'm like, oh, there's something a little off for me. Especially when there's like inexplainably a bunch of wind and they're just like trying to <laughs> blow his hair around. I was like, what is going on? Um, I just, I, it just felt like he was phoning this whole thing in. Like what? it, was, it <laughs> wow. was just this endless onslaught of like cheesy lines. 
and <laughs> non-believability from his performance. And he didn't seem invested or motivated for the most part. And there was one, and I wish I'd written it down, but he's got one moment. There's the moment in the first one too, um, where he's talking to, he's talking to the love interest in that one. And they're like back at the hideout. And he just starts like, he kind of has like a Nicolas Cage yelling moment. He's got one in this one towards the end. It's just like one line. And he just like screams it in this most like eight year old in a school performance who doesn't know how to act kind of way. <laughs> like it was just super unbelievable and over the top and lacked any kind of actual acting. Um so, I mean, it was still Ethan Hunt, and it was a little bit fun to see the progression of his character, but also mm. I didn't sense a lot of progression to his character. Like, it it didn't feel like, it didn't necessarily feel like, okay, this is the logical development of the character that we saw in the first one and the things that he went through. Like, it just felt so very standalone in that sense that, it, you know, this may or may not be the same guy. It could just as easily not be the same guy because there's no signs of what he went through last time. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, ultimately it just fell super flat for me and, and was unfortunately one of the worst parts of this film for me, which is a, kind of a big deal when he's the, the main key. character. Yeah. And so, yeah, Interesting. I, I gave it a four out of 10, I, but I'm Harsh. guessing by your reaction, it scored a little bit higher. A little bit. Yeah. I'm not greatly offended by what you're saying because I'm definitely picking up what you got. And this is a silly thing. Like this isn't what you based it off of, but the hair did throw me for a loop as well. Um, I gave it a six out of 10. So uh, that's coincidentally what I gave it in the first film, but I think it was just like a, like a slot below the first film. So like maybe in truth, if you zoom in, it's like a 5.9 out of 10, but it's a six. Um, was a little bit of a step down, but it was still adequate. And I alluded to this before, you know, Ethan felt okay, but at times he felt a bit off, felt a little bit too James Bondish, you know, when he's seducing Naya. And so there was just some elements where I thought, okay, not the best, but uh, definitely above average, above five. And uh, I already mentioned the onboarding of John Woo after apparently Tom Cruise saw face off. So that's something. <laughs> a six out of ten all right on to villain mm -hmm. i gave this a six out of ten okay. um yeah i think in the moments where it was clear who the villain was mm -hmm. and what the villain was trying to do it was it was okay <laughs> uh but i i don't know i just i never really got I didn't get it, what it, the villain just wasn't as good as the first one. Mm. Right. And the first oh, yeah. one, you've got John Voight's yep. character and, yep. and his motivations, although you don't necessarily agree with them. He's pretty <laughs> sound. Like he's not just some dick who's like, I'm going to take over the world. I'm going to kill everybody. He's like, yeah. you know, he's, he's been burned by the job yep. and he's tired and he's looking for change and he believes what he's doing is mm -hmm. the right thing. Um, and this time around, it just lacked all of that. It just felt like a oh, copy yeah. and paste. Like it could just have as easily have been like Dr. Claw from Inspector Gadget. Like it was just <laughs> this, it wasn't this realistic grounded feeling and, and not in the sense that like a 007 villain is. Cause like when you're talking about a 007 villain, you almost don't want them to be super grounded. You mm -hmm. want a little bit of like, oh, horribly misfigured in some accident that <laughs> now allows them to, do you know what I mean? Like you're yeah. looking for almost a cartoony villain. Um, and this one was like, it didn't go as far as being a cartoony villain, but it also wasn't super grounded. It was just like generic guy that <laughs> wants the virus so for that he can release monetary it yeah for monetary gain yeah right it's some yeah. black market deal mhm mm and it's just like okay like you just you couldn't relate to the bad guy at all you couldn't go like oh okay like 
you know, I understand his convictions. Mm-hmm. You couldn't. Yeah, like it just, it was just blank face wants money <laughs> is doing it f- by means of procuring a virus and the antidote. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and that was yeah. it. And yeah. so it just, it it didn't, it didn't do anything for me. So I gave it a six out of 10 because it was still mm-hmm. like, you know, it, it wasn't, it wasn't garbage. Yep. I don't think I ever rolled my eyes. <laughs> when the villain was on screen. Yeah. Um, but I, like, I already can't, I, I watched this movie maybe four or five days ago. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I already can't picture his face. <laughs> like, like it just, he was, as villains go, just, you know, ultra forgettable. So six out of 10. <laughs> okay. I give it a five. You know, I was a bit harder on it, but not too far behind where you were. And there was something about his accent that I just couldn't quite put my finger on it and what it was supposed to be. And I I don't know, just something about that. Uh, I felt his acting was adequate, wasn't bad, it wasn't amazing. And I think where it came down to where this was inferior to John Voight, you know, the way this guy was written is a little bit less glittery than John Voight where John Voight has a very significant plot twist involved with this character, and there's a lot of interesting cuts that are involved with it, and images when that reveal comes. So there's there's a bit more to pump up John Voight's role. As with this guy, you know, it was, it was what it was. I felt the female lead being bait was also just kind of lame in general, and that relates to the villain's kind of plot and storyline. So it just was fine wasn't bad but it was it was fine and the last thing i'll end it on when i said i it was a five out of ten just of interest of note you probably know this you're more of a uh x-men fan than i am but apparently this movie is the reason uh you jackman is wolverine i guess this guy who played the villain was potentially offered the role or a leading option for the role of wolverine but was busy with mi2 so then that led to you jackman which i think a lot of people are ultimately happy that happened Okay, hang on. I got to look up the villain here. Mm-hmm. Because I almost just threw up in my mouth. <laughs> Sean Patrick Ambrose. Hang on. Google Images. Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if it's, like, I don't know if it's that. I don't know if it's just me looking at it saying no way or if it's just like the idea of picturing anyone other than Hugh Jackman. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm not. Uh, You're not buying it. I'm not jumping up and down for it. No, <laughs> no. Speaking of jumping up and down gadgets. Uh, you know, it's it's a bit of a shame that. <laughs> Not all categories mm. are weighed differently. Mm-hmm. Like it's a shame that all categories in our system is, are are weighed equal. Um, uh, to me, I mean, we haven't signed a contractual obligation or agreement. So when I was scoring this, I was almost going to just do something where I had an ultimate score in mind and I was going to fudge the numbers a bit and the average wasn't going to work out. But I thought, okay, they're not all weighed equally, but I understand what you're saying, staying yeah. true to a system. Um, I gave this a four. Really? And oh, I wow. I could have been compelled to go lower. Oof. Spicy. Um, there's some cool stuff. Yeah. Like the the laser glass cutter thing. Yeah, yes. Was, was up there. Yeah. Um... But there's not a lot of other really cool... Like, we get repelling mm-hmm. again. Yeah. Um. You know, I guess technically... I'm not counting, because I don't think you can count mm-hmm. the... Like, any of the equipment associated with the virus. Like, the injection mm-hmm. guns and stuff like that. Like, I guess it's all... It is technology. But it's not, like, agent-issued tech... Mm-hmm. Um, this the glasses are up there. They're pretty cool. That Very he gets his, cool. his yeah. mission briefing on. Yeah, and they look nice too. Yeah, which I think is what propelled it up over 
up over the uh, the three. Mm-hmm. But those are the only two that really stand out to me. That's right. are the the uh, the laser cutter and then the glasses. Mm. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Like so, and and gadgets is such an important category to me, and I was mm-hmm. just so wowed the first time around. Right. With the pen that does this and the gum oh, that true. explodes. And oh, the, yeah, that's like, true. And it was just like, oh, man, yeah. this is like, this is R&D level shit. Like, <laughs> this is just the greatest of the great. And this yeah. time it was like, okay, yeah, there's like a BS glass cutter. And that's a lot of fun. <laughs> and then the glasses that self-destruct. Mm-hmm. But, but, but I, I, yeah, I don't know. I was, I was left hurting. I was left hurting in the gadgets category, so I gave it a 4 out of 10. Hmm. I was quite opposite. I gave it double that. I gave it an 8 out of 10. And Explain yourself, soldier. <laughs> and, you know, I am trying to think about why I did that, because I looked back at my score, and I gave it a much lower score on the first film. And I think what improved with this second one and what hurt it in the first one was, yeah, there was the cool tech you mentioned, you know, exploding aquariums and whatnot. But there was a lot of stuff that dragged it down for me, like floppy disks and really archaic internet chat rooms that really didn't quite make sense, but were just convenient plot devices. With this, I really enjoyed it. The tracking chip that's in our female lead, the rocket after the amazing rock climbing sequence shot onto the mountain with sunglasses and an earpiece. Um, the masks, I still have to qualify under here, although it's a repeat from the first film. And they does... went way too heavy this time around. Well, they I were don't like think ev- everybody had one of these things. This okay, time. The, it was used a lot, but it was used for some really fun propelling of the story moments. So I, it mm. worked for me. It worked for okay. me. I the one know, thing but... I will also disagree with you on is I did include the biology virus lab equipment in my gadgets. And I understand in principle why you didn't add it, but I actually turned to my wife when we were watching it. And during that scene, I really said, this is from 2000. So obviously brace yourself. That's 22, 23 years ago. So don't even think about that aspect, but the tech in those labs actually, I thought aged really well. Just, they didn't look tacky. They didn't look corny. They didn't look archaic. They just, from a tech perspective, looked legit. From an aesthetic perspective, I really just really enjoyed what they looked like. So I thought, wow, I am just happy with how this looks. I counted that towards gadgets. All those things together, I gave it a strong 8 out of 10. The one thing I thought was a little lame and uh, maybe a poor choice was just setting up their HQ in that middle of nowhere goat farm that really like yeah, seemed what the like hell the, was that? <laughs> they had like dial up and they're like we can't see a dang thing and it takes us so long to uh, to zoom in on this satellite here but I, I gave it an 8 out of 10 I really picked up what it was laying down no one will ever find us here man <laughs> <laughs> what um what was your wife's reaction when you you stopped and you were doting over the the lab tech because it because to me it seems like the type of this seems like the type of thing that only you could stop the movie to talk about and i'm just picturing her like knowing your wife i'm just picturing her like yes sweetheart it's very impressive i think i think i maybe masked what I said to her, but I just said, wow, this really aged well and it looked cool. And she said, yeah, you're right. Start the movie. And that's why she's an excellent yeah. wife. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> she's yeah. willing she's willing to lie to you. Um, <laughs> as the next category, we have fights and action. Uh, I gave this a five. I thought, what? Oh I my thought gracious. That all of the action in this film Ooh. felt like action without a purpose. It felt like it was action there for the, like it was gratuitous action. Maybe. That's um, not wrong. It was ridiculous and over the top and yeah. it wasn't particularly like. Yeah. It, and again, knowing what's to come, 
it wasn't particularly groundbreaking in in any mm. of its action. It wasn't like, oh wow, look at the stunt they pulled off. That was really spectacular. Mm. Uh, you can tell at this point, Tom Cruise isn't quite into his. Um, he's not quite into his. Let's do everything for real and really do it phase, because there's there's one shot where he's like the camera's fixed on his face as he's falling face first down like some shaft or something. And it's got to be the worst green screen background I've ever seen in my life. Um, and so that was like, it almost as bad as, as Pierce Brosnan skiing down an avalanche thing that we saw or ski mm. water skiing on tidal waves or whatever the hell that was. Oh, um, yeah. I think so, that was die another day. It, yeah, it just it just looked awful. I thought it was super gratuitous, and and I didn't see a purpose to most of the action. It wasn't like okay, yes, like logically this car chase would happen now. Um, mm-hmm. And then I think what really drove the nail in the coffin for me was in the final scene where he's a, he's about to get on a motorcycle. No, he's not even about to get on a motorcycle because then that would sort of kind of explain it. There's like a big fight sequence that's about to happen. And he pauses to make sure that he puts on some sunglasses. And Listen, I'm like, bugs I'm like, flying oh, in your face is real. And I was like, oh, what are these sunglasses? Like, what, <laughs> like, you know, I'm I'm expecting to cut to like some sort of shot where you see what he sees and it's like, spectral imaging of mm-hmm. you know, like what no no it's just so that he looks badass it's literally just so that he looks like a freaking badass and they're very like 2000s glass they're like those oh, glasses yeah. that we all wore in the early 2000s yeah. right like those like oh, sports yeah. sunglasses that hug your face <laughs> and um yeah i just i i gave it a five out of ten because it it really it really felt like over the top, but not in a good way. Like it felt like let's just make Tom Cruise look really badass in these fight sequences and in these explosions and in these whatever else, but didn't didn't really feel like they fit. Like it was just pushing it as far as it could push it but not in a let's really put time and effort and choreograph this kind of way. Mm-hmm. Just in this like, you know, ooh, let's make it feel like a like a Steven Seagal kind of All right. Let nothing me, can touch this guy sort of way. So five out me, of ten. Let me just say, hold on to your socks. I gave this a nine out of ten. <laughs> I think we should see other people. <laughs> so listen... I watched a lot of special features and I read a lot about this trivia because I was amazed by it. I would counter to what you said being false. And I would say Tom Cruise is very much in his element of being ridiculous. Maybe not at peak Tom Cruise of I'm going to do everything under the sun, but he's pretty darn close. That insane rock climbing intro, real. He had cables on, but he was actually on a cliff. Okay, so he, that's, you know, that was epic. That was, that but it also epic. went on for, it's also like a seven minute scene. I don't, and I'm well, like, I've watched it like three times since I watched the movie. I can't get enough of it. It just keeps going. I'm just like, I for, don't for care. the first like half, I was like, oh, wow, this is epic. Care. And then I'm like, oh, okay, you're really just milking this, this like, sequence now. Leading into the mission info with the rocket and the cool sunglasses and the music playing subtly in the background, all for it. The climax. Uh, fight scene on the cliff or the beach. I'm not. I forget where it was. Okay, but let's talk about that cliff though, because sure. Which at, one? At, at, like to, at, towards the end of the film, it's like huh. early morning or nighttime or something, yeah. and yeah. he's climbing another rock face. Oh, <laughs> and I am for sure. I thought, okay, the start of this film is like setting up that he's an established rock climber and he's a total <laughs> badass. But at some point in this film, he's going to have to take this skill set. Mm. And push it beyond what even Ethan is comfortable with. And then his rock climbing sequence at the end of this, I'm looking at it going, That's I'm it? not I'm not totally convinced that I couldn't have done that. <laughs> like at the beginning, I'm like, oh, you crazy monster. You're like jumping 
from one from one hold to another hold and you're like you're all over the place and then yeah. it's like in the next one it's like oh you went to like the local conservation area and dipped around <laughs> on the rocks for a bit like i've done that like what do you what yeah anyways i will say i won't disagree with what you're saying but i will just say that intro climax where he's climbing the rocks and you even just like the part where he's like sliding and then he slips and he's hanging on for dear life and he just gives that smirk it's like okay badass ethan's here um the another stunt the climax knife scene where the knife goes to his eye apparently how they filmed it was they tied a rope to the the knife measured it to perfection so the villain was supposed to put his real weight on it and then it was just measured to just come short of ethan's eye like this was like a real stunt that if it went wrong, Tom Cruise is one-eyed Bart from now on. Like it, that See, is legit. That that's is crazy legit. to me because I thought it looked super fake in CGI. I thought I, I thought they were trying to push the envelope, and the mm, technology just wasn't quite wasn't there, there. And they should have left well enough alone. So that's See, crazy to me because I thought it was BS and looked horrible. crazy to me because I thought the opening cliff scene was like okay, this is done on a set. And that's where I found out, no, it was on a real rock face. So I think it's maybe just, maybe it didn't translate. And yeah, maybe you just didn't realize it was real. I didn't until I found out some of this stuff. Um, I The motorcycle sequences are corny, but I was there for them. And I think I'm just feeling this Mission Impossible vibe that like, I'm just drinking the Kool-Aid. Yes, some of it was gratuitous. Yes, some of it wasn't necessary. Yes, some of it was for style. But I don't care. Like, it's an early 2000s, a 2000 movie. And it was just fun. And I was there for these action sequences. And the cherry on the cake that I will end it off with and saying here we are nine out of ten for fights in action the climax in the bunker scene where the transaction has just gone on ethan hunt blows up the door we zoom in on the villain's eyes and we see the flames in the villain's eyes and then we pan to the door and we see the flames in person and we see a freaking dove flying through and then ethan hunt just walking around like a boss and i like Yes, corny. Yes, so ridiculous. And I was just there for it. I really was. Question, do you think you really liked the motorcycle sequence? Because for a moment, you thought you were watching Top Gun? <laughs> there's there's something there. I, I didn't realize that, but subconsciously, I think you're quite right. Yeah. And in the deleted yeah. scene, he uh, said, I feel the need for speed. Yeah. In romantic interest... I gave this a six out of ten. Really? Okay. Yeah. Um. Kind of boring. Yeah. Just a generic love interest. Yep. Um. An IQ of seven, apparently. <laughs> I literally, I, I, I found it hard to continue. Yeah. When she injects herself. Right. And Ethan says, "Like, WTF." And she's like, I wasn't thinking. That is her response. That is her justification for why she injected herself. She's like, I wasn't thinking. No shit. No shit you weren't thinking. Like, what? Uh, what? Yeah. I, I don't know. It just, it. at the end of the day, and this, I, I don't mean this to sound as crass as it's going mm-hmm. to sound. Yeah. At the end of the day, it, she kind of just seemed like another another person for Ethan to, to to get into bed. Like, it wasn't... She didn't stand out as, like, a strong feminine character. Mm-hmm. I I didn't buy the... the Like, you know, Ethan's kind of just met her. Like, I didn't buy... Yeah. You know, like, yeah, you're doing your duty to keep her alive, but I didn't buy the, you know, like she's literally just some stranger that you have liquored up and then (laughs) humped. Like, I don't, I don't get your, I don't get your heartbreak Mm -hmm. and your, your emotional connection and how destroyed and distraught you're going to be if she dies. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, I just, it, it, it was a real step down. It was a real step down. I would say even some of the really crummy Bond girls mm-hmm. have something on this love interest. Uh, yeah. So six out of ten, and that may even be 
Like I might be a little generous there. I thought you were. I gave it a four. And to be clear, I liked the actor who portrayed Naya. I don't think it's a slight on her. I just think it was a slight on the way she was written and what she, her involvement was in this story. I didn't buy their chemistry. And I feel like, yeah, I feel like Zach made this point maybe in the first one when he alluded of things to come. You know, this didn't seem like a, a, a situation where Ethan had an equal. Like, I feel like maybe if the character had been written better and she challenged him a bit more, I would have liked this character more. But that just wasn't the case. And I just feel like her role was subdued. And I, I said this before, but like, it's just her role in this scheme was not her ability to do a heist ability to steal ability to, you know, do cool things. It was literally just be romantic bait. And I use not even romantic, like just be bait. And I just thought it was weak. So I gave it a four out of 10. Yeah. Um, supporting characters. I gave this a four out of 10. Yep. And um, prove me wrong. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I don't know. Name one. Like, I, I, I don't know. I just, <laughs> in, in a first movie where you've got, you know, so like we've got, uh, what's his face? The computer hacker guy is back. Luther. Luther. Luther's back. Um, yeah. And so that was cool. But I felt like he had less less room to be fun and entertaining in this one. Mm. Um, and that's kind and, and, and so then Anthony Hopkins, okay. Anthony Hopkins is incredible in the 17 seconds of this film that he appears in. I, I don't know. I just, it was uninteresting from a supporting character standpoint. It kind of felt like it was just Ethan the whole time. Um, and I, I didn't really, not only did I not care about any supporting character, I just kind of felt like I didn't get to know any supporting characters. Like, yeah, it just didn't do anything for me. Four out of 10. Mm -hmm. I give it a four as well. You know, it's very top heavy. I thought Luther was amazing. Could he have been used more? Of course. But I thought at least he's there. I'm glad he's continued on in this story. And I'm just, everything he said, I did find, I enjoyed his comedic humor. But the rest is just, like, it's top-heavy in Luther and nothing else. You know, you've got Brendan Gleeson is kind of the villain henchman, you know, whatever you'd classify him as. Meh. Um, Anthony Hopkins, you know, there's this measurable tension and angst between him and Ethan, but it has zero payoff. Like, it's not explained. It's not further developed. So it's just kind of like a weird, I don't know what's going on there. Um, that you got the helicopter pilot who comes with Luther and literally says hi or some such. And then literally has, like, no role further than that other than just to be there to fly a helicopter. And, um, yeah. So a lot of meh. Luther was amazing, but the rest is meh. So I gave it a 4 out of 10. Of note, I guess they thought about Ian McKellen is um, the role of Anthony Hopkins being Ethan's superior. But thank the Lord on high that did not happen because that may have infringed or, or uh, ruined the chances of who we have as Gandalf. And man. And and again, and again then again, Magneto in the X-Men I, movies. Sure. I, like, I feel of the two things, Gandalf is the bigger oh no for me, but fair Oh, point. sure. Fair but also, point. yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, okay. Last one. Last one. The intro sequence. I also gave this a four out of ten. Okay. Um. You know the in, the the plane scene is kind of cool. We get like a we get kind of like a, a not a halo jump, but we get a like a plane jump, a free fall. <laughs> Mm -hmm. we get the plane crashing sort of we don't see it crash but we're aware that that's what's going to happen mm -hmm. we do get the mask thing we get a little bit of an advancement in the mask technology and in which we now see the voice changer which i feel like we didn't see in the first one i uh, i don't the hmm. circuit circuitry on their throat that like mm -hmm. sticky thing 
Yeah, I don't remember. Um, but ultimately, I don't know. Wasn't like didn't stand out as anything super crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the music plays, like the the you know you see the you see the the dynamite fuse start fizzling and and the mm-hmm. song starts and <sighs> if it ain't broke. <laughs> Don't fix it. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the hell they were thinking, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but they tried to do like a rocky, like a, a, a rock music sort of popped up, crazy, edgy version of the theme song. Mm. And I don't know that anything in this film disappointed me as much as thinking that I was about to hear the 007 theme and then this played and I was like what the hell is that Mm -hmm. it just didn't fit it wasn't right and yeah don't don't screw with the classic is is kind of all I can say about that like I was Mm -hmm. I was really upset like I was like oh wow okay it's going to kind of set the tone moving forward. And it did. It did. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, like I, it, the same way I felt about the music, I was like, okay, this is like really tacky. Like, let's let's punch it up and take it to the next level. And then that's kind of what they did with the action. It's kind of what they did. And it, it just all sort of had that like crummy, tacky, early 2000 action feel to it instead of this like Mission Impossible espionage gadgets sensible fighting and and action feel so yeah four out of ten for the intro and and maybe i could go lower except for uh, the plane stuff was was kind of cool i give this a six out of ten this is one of those categories where i kind of obligatorily gave it a number because i had a overall score in mind but like if i had done the you know each category is not worth the same amount i truly probably would have given it lower but i gave it a six just randomly here yeah the mi theme was fun i did like it subtly like when it was like the guitar in the background when he's putting on his sunglasses but i felt it was underused and i felt like just you're right if it ain't broke don't fix it so like in the opening theme or in other themes kind of stick to the truer sense of the or the truer rendition of the theme and just the soundtrack overall i found a lot of times was off putting the heavy like metallica vibes so it just wasn't my cup of tea. So I felt like the the soundtrack could have been a lot better. So not great. All right. Here's the moment. Mm-hmm. If I take all my numbers. So keeping in mind that Mission Impossible numero mm, the first one got 7.25. Sure. I take all my numbers from, from this one. Mm-hmm. And tabulate them. Of course. Average them. Yes. And then type the number into my spreadsheet. <laughs> and? I get a 4.85. Holy man. This difference. film, which, yeah. which again, just adds validity to our ranking system. <laughs> it's exactly how I felt. This is a, not a garbage movie, mm-hmm. but a serious and significant step down from the first one. I was not I was not thrilled. I it, like this movie ended and the first thing I did was watch the trailer for the third one cuz mm. I I needed hope. I needed <laughs> I needed to to hopefully see something that was like okay, okay. All right. It's not over. <laughs> we can come back. We can come back from this. Um so yes, 4.85 out of 10. What are your numbers? What What is the story that your numbers tell? Yeah, very close. So both gave given a six out of 10. Just the, how they got there was very different. Um, so I would put the first one in the number one slot, slot and number two, MI2, goes in the second slot. And um, there's, like I said, how they got there is very different. There's aspects that I like about the second one a touch more. There's aspects I like about number one that I like a touch more. And just neither one is a real clear winner, but just the first one edges it out just by a bit. 
Really? So you, but more or less, they were on par in overall score. Crazy, crazy. Yeah, yeah I don't think there was a single category that I didn't rank lower in this and one. I, I think maybe I'm just partly on the Mission Impossible train now, where, you know, even, like I said, the lows of this, I'm more tolerable with. So, like, yes, maybe it was slightly objectively worse, but I still had fun continuing this Ethan journey. And I, I think I'm just so excited to continue it that, like, it wasn't so offensive to me that it, it ruined ruined the, the film viewing experience itself. Interesting. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that will do it until our next, I was going to say 007. I just I want it so <laughs> Don't bad. Don't you dare. I Don't want it dare. so bad. Until our next Mission Impossible review. Yes. Um, Send us off, sir. Perfect. Well, thank you very much for listening. We really appreciate it. We're happy to be back on this series, and we will continue it like Brady said. Check out our socials below. Please like, follow, subscribe. Please give us a positive rate and review wherever you're listening. And check out our Patreon page. It's ways for you to support the show, ways for us to give you some perks back. So for as little as a dollar a month, you get uh, the input on votes, uh, giving us some ideas for vote options, um, the occasional bonus episode, the occasional video feed of special episodes, and then there's higher tiers for even more perks like merchandise for increased voting powers. So just uh, check out that if you're so inclined and stay tuned for upcoming episodes and upcoming votes. And uh, if you choose to accept, which you should, then we'll talk to you soon. That was a bloody good episode, I think. <laughs> it was a bloody good episode. <laughs>